With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Part of the murderer's row of ball talk. Here's two-time Twins World Series champion manager Tom Kelly on the ride with Royce. Tom Kelly is with us. Uh, Twins have the privilege of uh, facing Verlander tonight, uh, sir. Uh, What has been your observation of this fellow? He's really come along, Patrick. Uh, He's... uh the kind of guy that wanted to power the ball and power, power, and power. And, and uh, now he's uh, learned how to pitch a little bit more where he throws 92, 93. And then uh, if he needs to throw 95, 96, he can. And uh, on his breaking ball, I think if he's getting his breaking ball located over the plate, then you and the changeup, now you, now you got real problems. <laughs> He's uh, really a talented guy. He seems to be blessed with that gifted arm and uh, the longevity thing. And, and uh, so you have to tip your hat to the guy. He's he's really come on as uh, one of the top-notch guys in the uh, Major League Baseball. So um, he's fun to watch. Oops. Did I lose him there for one No, second? I'm still oh, Okay, here. we just had a little break there, so. Uh, so 2014-15, Tommy had a little uh, little blip there with his health. That's the only health problem he's had, though. Beyond that, it's been 33 to 35 starts. Yeah, he's uh, uh, like I said, Patrick. He's you know he's been able to uh, keep his career going and and uh, like you said, hit the bump. But uh, uh, he's uh, you know I don't know what he did last year, but I know. Uh, uh, he was well worth that trade that they used to make. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And uh, he got a ring, and, and uh, so, uh, you know, he's, he's just a terrific guy to watch. I, I enjoy watching him. And call me old-fashioned, but I like starters. You don't like the opener. <laughs> well, I'm not fully involved. It would be a hell of a thing next year if we have to start the season with the opener. <laughs> yeah, that would be. How are you going to figure that out? See who's going to write that one up. <laughs> the, opener the opener will pitch the opener. The opener, yeah. yeah. But I like uh, the idea of uh, uh, May pitching tonight. Yeah. Because uh, I think he should be a starter anyway. So, uh, again, uh, hopefully he's going to get a chance to do that next year. And uh, we'll see if he's capable. Uh, I guess in spring training, uh, maybe they'll try him out. I'm not sure. Well, they were talking uh, before, uh, you know, like two years ago. They saw him when they first came here. They saw him as a starter. And, of course, then he broke yeah. down. So the, uh, uh, You know, Patrick, most people that are in the bullpen uh, were starters, uh, whether they're in the minor leagues or uh, converted once they got 
to the big leagues, but they were usually all starters in, at one point in time. Uh, and the other day we tried it, uh, you know, I, I know they, they've done it in Tampa with Romo, mm-hmm. and he's pretty much been a relief guy for an awful long time. But uh, I think you have to be a little careful who you pick and choose to do that because, he, yeah. you know, they were put into the bullpen because they weren't starters. You know, they couldn't start or they weren't capable of starting. And so they found a home in a bullpen. But uh, So when you take one of these fellows and pluck them in to start the game, or open the game, whatever the right terminology is. Uh, you know, there's a reason they were put in the bullpen because they couldn't start. So, you know, uh, and I was unfortunate the other day that uh, uh, the left-hander for us, he, you know, he he's been doing a, a decent job out of the bullpen. But when he asked to start him the other day, he gave up two runs right away and got us behind. But uh, so I think you have to be a little careful on who you exactly you put out there to, to do this opening thing. Well, the thing I like about May, in addition to a big, strong horse, he's got the, he's got four pitches. That changeup is terrific. So. He's got four pitches to throw, and that's why I think he should be a starter. Yep. We'll uh, see. See what happens. Uh, the uh, big controversy here about uh, Buxton uh, not getting called yeah. up. A lot of people uh, upset, including Buxton, apparently. And uh, uh, it's... Uh, I... I yeah. It has been compared to the Dozier situation. I don't see a comparison here. Well, I'd like to have seen Buck uh, come up and play. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, come up and play. I was looking forward to seeing what he could do uh, this you know, this last month of the season. And uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get a chance to see that. And uh, I guess he didn't play the last couple of days now in Rochester. Is that correct? Yep, yeah, after they play. after they said they not they weren't play gonna, anymore. No. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I was quite disappointed. I, like I said, Patrick, I, I wanted to see him play, and and uh, I think uh, he's the the key to the success of the Twins, and and uh, I really well. Besides the pitching staff, yeah, uh, he's a key player on the squad. Uh, the way he can run, steal bases, uh, go from first to third, first to home, and turn singles into doubles. But of course, you have to hit the ball. So, uh, I, but he seemed to be doing fairly well at Rochester, and uh, I was excited to uh, see him because I think he's the straw that stirs the drink. And uh, it would be, uh, you know, I too was wondering, okay, is are we going to see a different swing than we saw when he was hitting 160? And yeah, yeah the thing about him is he did play that couple of weeks with the two, three weeks with that bad toe, which made sure. him even worse. So right. I, I, I think he yeah. tried to play through it. So. There was some talk with the leg kick, no leg kick, leg kick. I, whatever it is, I wanted to see him play. I didn't care what he was doing with his leg. I just wanted to see him out there. Because I think he's very exciting, and and uh, I think if he's got a few flaws to um, to take care of with the swing, I think this last month could have been beneficial. But uh, apparently, that uh, wasn't uh, in the thought process, and they, uh, the front office, certainly has their thoughts, and they're in charge, so they're going to make the decisions. 
Uh, boy, I had big hopes when I first saw Sano come back uh, that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in better shape, moving in third base for sure. I mean, he was right. moving better, and he looked like he was taking the ball to right field some, and man, alive, the last couple of weeks have been tough. I know he did get a hit to right yes, field yes. yesterday. Yes, drove in a run, he, right? Uh, yeah. Basically, just put the bat out, and and uh, I think it hit off the end of the bat and got out there, but it's a hit to right field. Uh, as you pointed out, uh Patrick, he was going to right field uh, when he came back. Everybody, I think, got excited, including myself. And I think he hit a couple pretty good uh, balls, and then everything went out the window and was back to the pull, 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 pull. And the uh, check swings were coming around again. Uh, all that was cleaned up halfway decent, and, and then uh, that all started again when he started getting off the baseball. So, um, uh, you know, I think uh, he's just back to square one where he's got to restart over, and, and I hate to even think that, but I hate to even say it. It's a little embarrassing. But, you know, start over again and start aiming towards right central and and go from there. But, uh, you know, we've been down this road a couple times, and, and I'm sure the uh, manager and the uh, hitting people have, it's getting to be a little tiresome of trying to remind this man that hit the ball the opposite field once in a while, and things would be a lot easier in his life. But uh, just can't seem to stay with it. Hey, uh, uh, the as a, when you were managing uh, all those years in baseball, was the check swing repeated check swings always a pretty good indication that well, uh, something was wrong? Yeah, jumping, he's not seeing the ball jumping out, uh, leaking. We used to call it leaking, jumping out, whatever. You know, everything starts leaking towards, well, in this case, uh, left field, left center, instead of keeping the, the hip and the shoulder in there and driving towards the ball. Uh, the big indicator for me, Patrick, is for the guys that get hit by pitch. And, and don't ever lose sight of that hit by pitch. Uh, if guys aren't getting hit by pitch much, uh, there's a reason for that. And, and they're leaking out and getting off it and getting off. Uh, can you remember the last time he was hit by a pitch? Yeah, can't, can't no, really. Nobody can. No. So it's, uh, you know, when you start seeing guys not getting hit by pitches, there's, you know, and if it goes for a prolonged period of time, then, then there's, a, there's a reason for that because they're getting off the ball to start with. So uh, got to stay in there, and, and uh, nobody likes to get jammed, but that's all part of, part of the game is getting jammed once in a while, and at least you know you're staying in there when that's happening. Uh, Tom Kelly's with us. Uh, Tom, what, what's been your view of uh, Maurer uh, since he came back from that injury the last six weeks? He's gotten a lot of base hits. He's something. I, I can't get over it. Uh, if push came to shove a, a year or two ago, I was in the column probably might have been better to retire, but my goodness, he's been terrific. I, I can't get over it how he keeps going. His, his, quaint, his swing doesn't seem to have slowed down at all to me. I he seems to be the same swing, the same guy that we've we've seen for an awful lot of years here, and be successful and uh, be able to get on base and and uh, hitting him first, I guess, is the right way. He doesn't have the greatest speed, but he knows how to run the bases. But and that's a you know plus. But uh, again, uh, you know that might be the right spot in the order for him and. And we'll go with the on-base percentage, and if he hits 275, 280, that's going to be great.
And uh, in the middle of the season, I was wondering when he got hurt again and wondering, right. but there wouldn't be, there's not, you, there's from a no. distance, there doesn't seem to be much reason for him not to come back. It does. I, you know, and I was thinking the same thing, Pat. I, I, I guess he's, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. But, uh, or suggest to do, but, uh, uh, gee, I, I, you know, if you take him out, what do you, what, what do you do? You yeah. Know, if you eliminate him, what, who plays first? <laughs> you know, Austin or. Uh, you're not going to have Morrison, I don't think. Uh, you don't want him playing first, do you? I don't know if he'll be back. I would no, doubt I don't that. So. Very uh, I don't know that, but I don't think so. But uh, I, I don't know who it's to know. Uh, I don't know if anybody would be really happy with those options. Uh, I don't know Austin enough whether he can play first uh, or not. I've seen him a few games. I'm not sure. So... Uh, but he, you know, it sort of solidifies one spot in the infield, and uh, we can go from there. And, and Forsythe's done a, an excellent job, I think, for the most part. Looks like he uses a day off once in a while. That would help him. But, but for the most part, he's been a pretty good player. So uh, I enjoyed watching him play and run the bases. He does a good job with that. So you got two pretty solid guys. But I don't know if we're headed, you know, what direction we're heading. So I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. So uh, what's uh, I've asked you about this a bunch of times. Uh, Jimenez is catching tonight, not Garver, but uh, I think he's, I think Garver's your catcher. I, I you know we talked about Garver improving behind the plate and getting better uh, catching and, and doing all the things, and and uh, he's got a strong arm. Uh, one got away from him yesterday, threw it a little bit low down the second. We didn't catch it, but. And it snuck in the outfield, but uh, I think he tries real hard. I think he plays real hard. I think he's going to get better with that. And I said that a, a month ago, and he had the worst game of his life that night. But uh, he, he's, uh, uh, for me, I, I like him. I think he can do it. And uh, I wouldn't mind writing his name down. Uh, this uh, uh, the Cleveland. Have you seen much of them lately, man? That Lindor. I don't. I don't know. I like more Lindor or Ramirez. Um, I don't uh, know. You no. Oh boy. You, can, <laughs> you know you can't go wrong. Uh, those two fellas. But I don't know if something's missing in the mm-hmm. pitching. Yeah, well, I don't that, know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kluber. He's you know. Listen, I would never throw any of these people off the team. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm a little concerned that you know he's been a little vulnerable yes. this year. So I. I I think they're talented. If they play a pretty good game, they do play pretty good defense for the most part. And uh, their offense certainly can put up crooked numbers. We know that. And I think it's going to come down whether they pitch good enough. And if Kluber can get them off to a good start in the playoffs and, and be strong, and they'd probably be all right. And I know you're going to worry a little bit about whether Miller's going to be back and, and – uh, uh, the Allen at the end, Ooh, uh, he's been a little shaky, so they're a little vulnerable. So, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to throw all my eggs in that basket. You know who um, looks like they might uh, be slowly putting something together is the White Sox. Uh, they got those three young pitchers at the start, and they got a good bullpen and uh, good young arms in the bullpen. They got some arms. Yeah, they do, and, and uh, I think they're a little reckless, but you know, there's nothing wrong with being reckless when they play. Uh, you know, Anderson, he runs all over the place. <laughs> so you tag him, and then he, he's out. But, but uh, he's, 
he's, you know, and somebody said that to me the other day, and I said, well, he's just got to clean it up some. But I said he's playing with a lot of enthusiasm. He's trying really hard and wanting to make things happen, and there's some excitement there. So, uh, you know, okay, yeah, he made a mistake, but you'd rather have the aggressive way of playing than a passive and somebody not trying maybe to go from first to third on a base hit and that sort of thing. So they're doing a lot of things really well over there, and they're trying. They jumped up past uh, the Tigers now, I see. And, and uh, so, you know, these little things like this can really lift your club up and point you in the right direction. And uh, I think we're all curious to see how they finish off here in September or just what kind of uh, move they can sustain, you know. But uh, they sure have... Uh, uh, some exciting people they can put on the field, and they're, they 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 tr- look like they play really hard to me. I think they're having fun out there, and they're enjoying what they're doing. Hey Tom, I was uh, looking through a bundle of uh, papers and stuff in my uh, little office today or yesterday, and I ran across the little pamphlet of Calvin quotes. And uh, what a beauty. <laughs> what a, he, he has to be one of the most interesting characters you've encountered in your long baseball mm. career. Yeah. Well, when I took over managing in 19... Oh, what was that, 80? I was in Tacoma. Yeah. And Might have been 80, right? Well, let's see. It was, no, I played the year after that. Uh, 78? Yep. Something like that. And, and, uh, Brophy calls and says, you're going to manage the team. Now I'm playing. <laughs> you know, we're in Tucson and he's, I get on the phone and he says, you're going to manage. I said, what? <laughs> you know, well, Dell Wilbur had to go home and, yeah. and, uh, for some reasons and, and, uh, so manage the team and we'll get somebody in there in a week. Well, a week went by. That didn't happen. You know? And there's two weeks, and we're starting to do a little bit better and play a little better. You know, we had Danny Graham, Edwards, yeah. those kind of Oscar Powell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, so we started doing a little bit better and playing a little better, blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, then Calvin finally rolls in and, and, uh, uh, he sits me down and we're sitting in the third base over my third base stands over there in Tacoma. And I, I know all he's thinking about is going up to Seattle and going to the Chinese restaurant. Yes, that's right. I know the that's dynasty. all he's thinking about. <laughs> the but dynasties. He's talking to me, and, and he's, I said, Calvin, I still think I can play a little bit. And he says, well, you can play right field and manage the team. I said, no, I, I can't do that. I already tried doing that. It don't work. <laughs> he says, well... Just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing okay. <laughs> That's the advice I got. Yeah, yeah. but you're right. I uh, I saw them. I was covering a game one night in Seattle, and it was went into extra innings, and they all got up and took off for the dynasties. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, were. yeah, yeah, yeah. The dynasty, and they load up. <laughs> Believe me, I've been part of that. I've seen what goes on there. The dynasty. Uh, Howard Chen, I think, was his name, or Howard something. His yeah. name was Howard something. He had a beautiful office. Mm-hmm. And in, in there, he he had one of my bats I used in Tacoma yep. for some reason. Why he wanted one of my bats, I don't know. <laughs> but when I go to the racetrack up there in, in Seattle, the, I used to sit in in his private box, and there, you know, there's eighteen eighteen Chinese guys in there 
I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> and they're looking at me funny, you know. And I said, I'm the guy that has the bat. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I just sit there and mind my business. But but he was a big shot up there mm-hmm. in Seattle. And, and, uh, and we sit in the back room. And, I mean, they just kept bringing it. <laughs> and, you know, and, like, Calvin would say, yeah, I'll have two of each. <laughs> so it was really, you know, and they would bring it out. It was like country style. You go to the, yeah, you right. know, the country style where they, they come in with the big buckets, you yeah. know, and they put them down and you pass around. <laughs> and But this is how they brought the Chinese food out for him. And it was, oh, my. You were there for hours. You're right. That's the only thought back yeah, then. I mean, it's going to be 2, 3 in the morning. And I says, I got to go. I got to drive back to Tacoma. <laughs> My God. All right. Yeah. Hey, it's been a pleasure, sir. Patrick, you've done a great job. And, and uh, I'm a little sad that you're uh, going to be off the airway here but uh uh you know you did a super job and uh, always enjoyed the entertainment thank you sir and uh, we will uh, see you at the yard i hope i get to talk to manny every other okay week. all right okay <laughs> we'll see you goodbye thanks Tom this is the ride with royce this shows if you go in with minimal expectations everything can be fine <laughs> Right. That's the key. Keep the expectations expectation low. Yeah. Lower your standards. <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Patrick, we have history for the Sports Person of the Day. Manny Hill Manny got has been stumped. Manny been stumped. Hill has been stumped. That's okay. I of course, it happens on the last right. week of the ride. Right. Come on, Manny. Damn it, let's go. <laughs> but we have reached down into the state amateur baseball tournament oh, for our sports person of the day. Bryce Panning is a junior at Gustavus. Plays football, plays baseball. And he also plays for Young America's uh, Norwood. Doesn't He's from Hamburg. He went to school in Norwood and Young America. Okay. And he, uh, Norwood doesn't have a team anymore, right? No. Nope. Young America is the, what are, what are they? They're the, the Cardinals, Cardinals, I believe. Young America Cardinals. And they made a tournament run. So Saturday afternoon, uh, Bryce Panning is playing in New Ulm mm-hmm. uh, against Martin Luther for Gustavus. They win 32 to 20, and he caught seven. Passes for 143 yards. Wow. Jumped in the car and, a, and headed to New Prague, where he managed to get there for the start of the game. You were a little delayed Saturday, right? Yes. It's a long game. Yes. He started in center field for the Young America, and he went two for five with three RBIs and a 5-4 win over 2016 state champion Raymond. Right before which the, is of the right Raymond before we Rockets, played, yes. Right, uh, powerhouse. It was a grind, Panning said. My town team coach had two different lineups made, depending on if I was there by game time. I got to the field three minutes before the game, so I quickly stretched as much as possible without playing much catch. And I hadn't taken any batting practice either. My body was very sore, but I knew I couldn't leave my other team behind in the biggest game of the season. So uh, they won that game. Now on Sunday... They are playing. Now we're down to eight teams, right? Yep. They beat Raymond in they a, beat a one-run game in the round of sixteen. You yep. guys got beat Saturday. We got beat the game after that Saturday. to our eventual and champion. Late at night, night, right? Oh, late at our night. game didn't start until after nine o'clock Saturday so night. So now on Sunday they're playing New Market, 
and the game ends up going 14 innings, but it should have only went 12 because Bryce Panning, with his fifth hit of the game, drove in what should have been the winning run. Mm Mm-hmm. But wait till you hear this. Uh, the uh, new market base runner, and you know who it was. I can't remember. I didn't get the name. I forgot to write it down. The Young America base runner. The Young America yeah. base base okay. runner uh, came home He's celebrating to score the winning run. Wild celebration. Still hasn't touched home plate. Never the touched umpire, the plate. The oh, umpire no. was sitting there watching it. And finally, the coach for the other team came running out yep. and pointing. But Todd, I think, Todd Bergstrom from Newmarket. I think New the umpire was on it, though. He was, because there was, was on it, there's a he video. He was just standing there. There is a he video that circulated there to everywhere. to see if anybody did anything. And finally, they stepped on home plate, and he was out. So now they had to go to the 14th. Bryce Panning ends up driving in the winning run in the bottom of the 14th. He, got, he went six for eight with three RBIs on on Sunday against Newmarket, uh, that tied a all-time state tournament record, six wow. hits in a game. Mm. And then the uh, Young America got beat uh, on, uh, what, later? Because uh, they uh, ended later, up losing to Sobieski, I believe. They lose, yeah, they lost to Sobieski. So on Saturday, when you get to the final eight, they make you play two games. Mm-hmm. And the Young America lost to Sobieski, two to one. But, uh, hey, who can argue with a sports person of the day who leads his MIAC team in pass receptions, <laughs> hauls his ass to New Ulm, uh, gets two hits. I mean, hauls his ass to New Prague, gets yep. two hits and three RBIs in that win, and then gets six hits the next day. And wow. I think he got a couple more hits in the game they lost. In Sobe- so. Against Sobieski. So, yeah. uh, if they they don't have an all, they just name a most valuable player, right? They don't name an all-tournament team, do they? Oh, yeah, they do. And they I, th- do? I believe he made I got, it. I hope so. Yeah. If in fact, get, if you get ten hits in two days, you should get. Uh, I I should I have the list here somewhere. I could pull it up, and uh, I think they named ten people to the all tournament team. Wildly like successful state tournament, by the way. State oh my amateur god! Tournament three weekends, New Prague and Shakopee uh, were the main uh, hosts. But Jordan, I was at the Jordan game Saturday afternoon, Meesville mm-hmm. and uh, Chan. And your Chan Redbirds come back and win That's twice right. on Monday to win the B title. It was fun yesterday, too. And I know I my team was a part of three games there, and we had packed crowds um, mm-hmm. for every day. We played our first game in Shakopee, and then we played our next two in New Prague. And it really... Tip of the cap to those guys because not only for it's it's everything it's the 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 volunteers running the concessions the volunteers work in the field they get twelve minutes in between games boys to turn that field over and make it just like nobody ever played on it they did a great job so going back to Bryce Panning very quickly here so what you guys are saying that if somebody told Deion Sanders what Bryce yes, Panning yeah, did yes. over the weekend Deion yeah. would be very impressed Deion and very would proud, be impressed right? yes yes he would be. I I would uh, think that uh, yes he uh, he uh, would uh, be very impressed. Now the question is: Was there a broadcaster that maybe got on the air and said that Bryce Panning was being very selfish, and then Bryce Panning would throw water oh, and like McCarver did, like real Tim McCarver did? I was in the clubhouse that day. Were you really? I didn't really? see it. I didn't see it, but I was working the clubhouse that day. Did you agree with Dion or Tim McCarver? I think Dion was being a jackass. Okay, <laughs> but I don't think it was the first time. <laughs> I'll say one thing, though. Dion is a baseball player. Until I saw Buxton, he's the fastest guy I ever saw. Really? Mm, yeah. And Bo wasn't bad either. Bo could run too, but 
Deion Sanders, I mean, all he did was slap at the ball and run like. Well, a that's son the of thing. Bo was actually a baseball, was a baseball player. player yes. Deion was just a he was just an athlete. And Bo would have really be a be a phenomenon in the modern game where nobody pays any attention. Yeah, all to strikeouts strikeouts and home yeah, runs. That's, that's right. what Bo's game was. Right. Bo yeah. strikeout two hundred fifty <laughs> yeah, times. Care. It doesn't we matter. Nobody, yeah, because back then he hit forty say, bombs. Yeah, that back then he used to say, "Okay, he's got power. He's got speed. He plays good outfield." But he strikes out twice a game. Right. Well, now we don't care. That's fine. Go ahead. Manny we ba- encourage strike. You know how uh, Judd, one of the funniest things Judd ever said was his wife comes from the farm family in Iowa. Yeah. And he says, you know, farm families and flies are, you know, summer picnics. He says, they encourage flies. <laughs> they encourage strikeout. We encourage strikeouts now. He says his, his Iowa in-laws encourage flies to come in and land on the potato salad. Um, so back to the tournament, too, Manny. Pat wasn't kidding. They shattered the attack. To- what did I tell you? I said uh, that They first- only beat the all-time record by three, but that goes back to this. 1960s. 1960s. They had the most in highest attendance in Springfield. Yes, and wow. that and then what helped was that one day where they had four teams yes. that were within half a mile of one another. Yeah. So I roll up the the day Pat's talking about that Saturday in which this kid uh, played for Young America. Mm-hmm. I walked up to the 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 the, uh, the gate to get my yeah. t- or to, you know go, go through the press gate, and my buddy Sean O'Neill was working. There. I said, "How much beer we sell today?" And he went. Jesus, he said we had to make another run. <laughs> Six hundred cases of beer they oh sold my God. in New Prague that Saturday. Yep. Wow! You know what you get, Manny? <laughs> this is the greatest bargain in beer at a ball game. Oh man! You get you get three bucks for a beer, right? Come mm-hmm. on! But if you want a sixer, they put it in a bag of ice for you, and it only charges fifteen bucks. <laughs> and those really? those plastic bags are. I always say one of my favorite debris moment was after the Vikings lost to the. Falcons mm-hmm. and all those flags, the, the flags, the yeah, mud yeah. outs. Because I was walking back to the Star Tribune building, and there was all these flags laying in the mud. It was mm-hmm. like a rotten day outside. Uh, this, those beer, those plastic bags are laying around everywhere. Like, yeah, it's, little uh, mini cooler, man. But it was a great state tournament. Very proud of the coverage. Our my newspaper gave it to today. We put we put all the scores in the scoreboard. That was very good. Okay, I uh, was. <laughs> I said it's better than the sharp stick of the eye, but just barely. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. You're along for the ride with Roycey. I'll damn near kill you, but it's good exercise. <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. Jordan Bianchi covers uh, NASCAR and auto racing for anyone that'll have him, right? Pretty much at this point, yeah. Mostly <laughs> lately, NASCAR.com is my primary outlet. That's good. And boy, uh, kicking the shins today for NASCAR. Uh, Furniture Row Racing and uh, announces uh, that they're not going to uh, have a team next year because they can't find a main uh, sponsor. Is this a desperation pass or is this set in stone? This is set in stone. This isn't going to happen. They had to, they kind of have a basically an end of August deadline. They needed sponsorship to come in place by then to kind of lay out their plans for next year. That didn't materialize and they had to make a decision. And the decision is that they're going to close. And it's a big deal. I mean, Furniture Row Racing with Martin Tripp Jr. won the championship last year. They've been a perennial contender for the last four seasons. Um, this is a mainstay team and this is one of the teams. They're not, you know, one of the superpowers of NASCAR. But they were one of these teams that a lot of people pointed at and said, hey, 
these guys made it work. They're a small team. They, they, they started from the ground up and then gradually worked their way up. They are proof that this model, this team model that NASCAR has in place and has had in place forever can still work in this day and age. And as we saw today, that is no longer the case. Boy, that is a blow. This isn't, uh, you know, some guy running 38th uh, every week and hanging on by his uh, thread here. These are guys, they're probably, uh, they got a very good chance to make the, uh, you know, the the final part of the mm-hmm. chase again next year. I mean, they're, they, they're a main contender to win it again. Uh, and uh, they were dominant last year. What, seven wins, right, last year? Yeah, seven, yep, seven wins. And then this season, they, they've got five wins. So wow, I didn't realize and- they were up to that high, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're regarded as one of the top three teams right now. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., along with Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch, these three drivers have kind of dominated the season. And, yeah, like you said, Pat, they have an excellent chance of defending their championship. And there's a real possibility now that they win the championship at Homestead in November. That could be their swan song. This could be their walk-off. Uh, what, uh, now, you know, in golf, uh, and it's a completely different animal, I know, cause they're, you're trying to get sponsors for weekly tournaments, but the PGA tour spends a lot of time working with the, uh, you know, the, the tournaments, uh, which are the, you know, the same as the teams basically in, uh, in uh, nascar to find sponsors to help them find sponsors Does nascar are they doing that or are they is it everybody on their own here i mean largely the teams are on their own nascar will step in and help facilitate things when there's possibilities or they feel like they can kind of move things along or introduce you know two parties that might be a good fit but largely the teams are by themselves now there you know there's some there's some real crit- not criticism but there's some real um, questions of, you know, maybe the teams aren't doing a good enough job to, to sell themselves and they haven't adjusted well enough in a time when sponsorship is really hard to come by. They haven't changed and adapted to the new economic model that is out there. But that said, uh, there, there's no reason not to think of, you know, you look at this team, you look at Jimmy Johnson who's won seven championships. He still isn't a sponsor for next year. Really? Uh, wow. This is, this is just another canary in the coal mine that says that, hey, NASCAR has had this, this, way teams have operated really since inception. They're basically viewed as independent contractors and they are on their own to find sponsorship, but that model may need to change or may need some major tweaks to continue to exist because when you're losing a championship outfit like Furniture Racing, when your seven-time defending champion still doesn't have sponsorship for next year, um, Danica Patrick, Matt Kenseth, Dale Earnhardt Jr. have all had sponsorship holes throughout the last few years. That's a major concern. That says that, you know what, there needs to be some serious issues that need to be addressed. Now, that said, there have been steps made to try to fix this, but there still need to be more steps taken. And you could almost say, instead of trying to do this gradually, you almost need to make broad sweeping changes because what you're doing really isn't working right now. And uh, is being stuck out there in Denver instead of where the heartbeat is, is that, did that make it more expensive? Does that make it less uh, appealing to the uh, sponsors? Well, that, that's a good question. And, you know, you're talking to some people in the industry today and that there was some, you know, maybe being in Denver wasn't the most economical, economically feasible way to do it because you're having to pay the transport and you're adding to your cost. Now, you know, is that going to make or break them? I don't think so. They've been able to make it work so far in the fact that the team owner, um, he owns other businesses, and one of those businesses is actually a trucking company. Yeah. So he's already shipping across the company, so they were saving costs that way. But, yeah, it does it does hurt when you're trying to bring in manpower and having to pay for them to come to Colorado to work for you and having to ship parts and pieces, you know, halfway across the country. 
it, it does add up. I, that's not the, the, the deal breaker, but it certainly adds to the cost. Well, the uh, the mountaineering, the mountain loving uh, crew chief uh, manager of that outfit uh, <laughs> is going to be a hot ticket uh, when somebody needs a new uh, crew chief for next year, right? I would think you, the bidding will are, get rather high for him. You're 100 percent correct. Cole Pern, the mastermind crew chief of this team, and really, I mean, Martin Truex Jr., who won the championship last year, he's a free agent now as well. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you had a choice between the two, it's probably Cole Pern you take. He is the, he is the reason. Truex is a very good driver, don't get me wrong, but Tr- Cole Pern is the reason why those cars are as fast as they are almost every single week and why they win the championship. He is a master strategist. He's a master motivator. He knows all the little tricks and trades. And like you said, there are a lot of big-name teams out there that are sniffing around him and would love for him to come out and join their team. He is not going to be a free agent, and he will certainly have a lot of options. Jordan Bianchi's with us. Jordan, so, okay, we've tried segment racing. We've tried, you know, letting them bounce and bang around a little more uh, again. Uh, uh, we've tried uh, the chase, which I think they've figured it out. It's pretty dang mm-hmm. good. So what happens? How do we... I think uh, I think the big problem is getting America to love cars again. That that is certainly a question. When you have a you know the the generation of of, of consumers out there that frankly aren't interested in cars, aren't interested in driving or anything to do with them, I mean, it makes it really tough. Um, you know, we, we've talked about it before. The schedule is something that needs addressing. Um, there's some tracks that maybe have two races that don't need them or don't deserve them. There are, there are there are in overserved markets already where you can maybe pull them out a little bit. And, you know, do some different things there. Maybe more short tracks, maybe road, road, more road courses. Um, the problem is, is that there, there's so many contracts in place, whether it's with the teams, the, the television networks, or the tracks, that you can't make all these sweeping changes. And really, NASCAR's kind of in a situation right now where until 2021, the, everything is going to kind of be status quo largely. And that's tough because, you know, you almost get the, the impression that everybody's just kind of sitting around twirling their thumbs because there's nothing they can do. And that's unfortunate because this is a time when you need to act, and the reality is, is you can't act for a few more years. And, uh, you know, let me say this here uh, because uh, I, I'm, I'm tolerant of everybody's behavior. But uh, one of their big problems is you got morons who are sitting around playing video games or watching big screen video games who think they're actually racing. They think they're watching racing. That's the problem. You're not racing. You're not athletes. You're morons, okay? But, uh, you know, that's, that's a problem for NASCAR because, hey, you know, some kid sees passing on D- Daytona three wide, and they think they're doing that in their living room. There are some young, there's been a lot of criticism, or there has been some criticism towards young drivers who, from veterans who will say, those guys think they're playing a video game, and what they are learned in their simulations don't actually apply to real world experience. You know, and NASCAR's made a push to try to get these kids who, who are playing video games and everything, and you know, esports is the hot thing, and NASCAR is trying to get into that market and bring those kids over. But the problem is, is, is it's, it's hard to do, one, and, and two, the impact of bringing these kids over, it's not going to be instantaneous. It's going to be something down the road. And looking at today's news, you need things to happen now, not down, you know, two, three, four years down the road. Okay, uh, you have to give me this in advance because we won't be around when it takes place. Who are the final <laughs> Who are the final four this year? Uh, I mentioned them before, but Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martrix Jr. have really dominated this season, and there's no reason to think that's not going to continue into the playoffs. At least How about Chase? Guys. Is Chase going to be fourth? 
that's probably my fourth guy. Him or Kyle Larson have been have been those next tier drivers. They are really good. The, the playoff sets up well for both of those guys. I think one of those guys makes it to the Final Four at Miami. Well, uh, Jordan, thanks for your time. And all I can say is we outlasted SB Nation's NASCAR <laughs> coverage, but just barely. Uh, so, uh, just barely. And Patrick, <laughs> it's been a pleasure, and uh, it's, I've always uh, been a very appreciative of your support through the years. Okay, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, the great Jordan Bianchi, and he's I'm, uh, he's he's writing stuff in a prominent fashion now for NASCAR.com, and he, he does a great job with this stuff, and he's helped us a lot uh, these past few years because. You know, when one of the great teams in NASCAR decides not to have a team next year, that's news. We'll be back. This is The Ride with Moisey. Extremely irreverent and funny as hell. On 1500 ESPN. Now, on The Ride with Moisey, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Gentlemen... My daily daily complaint complaint is with uh, former Michigan, Cleveland Browns, New York Jets, and briefly San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Braylon Edwards. He sounded off on his alma mater as they were losing to Notre Dame on Saturday. He tweeted out, Ruiz is weak. Line is weak. Shea, talking about quarterback Shea Patterson, is scared. Bleeping Michigan offense is so predictable. Michigan football is sadly one thing, dot, 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 trash. Well, Braylon, of course, who is a analyst for BTN, was promptly suspended by the network. Oh, boy. And uh, I don't think they stated how long he would be suspended. But uh, And then, of course, Jim Harbaugh saw this, got word of it, and fired back saying, don't attack the kids, come after me. And that whole thing. But wow. Braylon. Now he's got laid off. Well, he should have known he was in trouble yeah. for doing Bra- that. Braylon, but... just come on. Yes. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Uh, my... But it's nice to know he cares about the blue, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's got to represent the blue. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't come up with this. The Minnesota Twins and World Gaming Network have teamed up to bring a special Fortnite streaming party to Target Field on September 9th, Fort Day with Gee. Trevor May. That's so. Let's forget about Buxton and every other screw up. Come on, we got Fortnite coming to town. I don't know. You guys are here. We go. You guys are going to try to get me agitated before the week's over, aren't you? Oh, you think? We, we only got three more. Days I'm going to wear my agitate shirt just for let's, you tomorrow. Let's do this. Uh, let's let's be gentlemen here. Come on, let the old man leave in peace. Wait, no, all right, we'll be back tomorrow. Just Hell with away all of you. somehow. <laughs>